1: From NPR Music and all songs considered, I'm Lars Gotrich. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to celebrate the best music released in the month of September, and my man Tyler Childers is here to bring the gospel. I am here with Jerusalem Truth. Hey, Jerusalem. Hey. And Anne Powers.
2: Hallelujah, Brother Lars. How are you <laughs> on this fine day? <laughs> Hallelujah,
1: am. And here's the thing. There is a, a silly amount of music released every day, every week, every month, every year. It is it is overwhelming. So it is our job in MPR Music to distill in essence. Let's call it Eau de Musique. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's it. We are here to recommend a triple album by Tyler Childers, as in three discs or three records, or if you're on a streaming services, I guess that's uh, three chapters. But Tyler Childers is a songwriter from Kentucky who plays a little country, a little bluegrass, a little bit of everything. But on this album, which is called uh, Can I Take My Hounds to Heaven, he makes a gospel record that's not quite a gospel record, and he takes the same eight songs and records them three times. And tell me what's going on with this record.
2: Well, Tyler Childers is definitely one of the most adventurous artists working in what we loosely call Americana or country or roots or Southern music today. Tyler always does what he wants to do. And he's very high concept. But as we heard in that track, he's also... Can we call it down home? I mean, he he understands where he came from. He's very grounded in the culture of Kentucky where he lives. It's very intertwined with the community there. And this record he made after getting sober, becoming a dad, and spending a lot of time in his garden where he contemplated the bigger questions of life, and decided he wanted to approach the music that he grew up with in. Southern Baptist Church, and he took eight songs, five originals, two traditional hymns, and the song we just heard, which is a Southern gospel tune made famous by Hank Williams Sr., and explored them from different angles, playing with his touring band, the Postage Stamps. First, he just, you know, really staged a revival, basically, you know. It sounds like one of his great live shows, so much energy, there's just so much power and passion in this band. The second version of the eight songs is very expansive and pretty groovy. Like, Lars, I, I feel like it remains... Reminds me of swamp rock classics like Bobby Charles's great uh, early 70s self-titled album or Greg Allman's solo work from that same period. You tell me there are streets of gold and angels in the air While all that's fine and dandy And I'm sure it's nice up there there's just one thing that I need to know before I settle down. Can I take my hounds to heaven? Can I hunt on God's grounds?
1: Deep groove, deep groove on that one. But it's on the third album where things kind of get a little awry. And I, I'd actually be curious to hear what Jerusalem has to say about the third disc. But I feel like maybe we should just play a little bit of the Joyful Noise version of Old Country Church. Old Country Church is the song we started the show with. Uh, so if you got that tune still in your ear, now listen to this version. There are holiness churches all over
3: America. And in Appalachia, thousands are scattered among the hills are related by similarities of doctrine and manner of worship, sharing a literal interpretation of the Bible and an informality of approach. But each is independent, emphasizing its own particular passage.
1: I mean just a, a complete it's not a 180 it's just it, it's just like a topsy-turvy version of the version we heard at the beginning <laughs> of the show Jerusalem I was curious what are your impressions of not only these old gospel songs but like these like little flipped and screwed versions
4: first of all I spent time with this record uh, obviously for the this taping and I enjoyed it I that is my preferred I guess the topsy-turvy version that's what I'll call it like the sound of that. I appreciate Southern music in, in all its forms, in the uh, down-home violin. That may, was even reminiscent of, I could say, J. Cole, who's another Southerner, which is a completely different genre. Um, and I just love the tradition of interpolating really rooted tradition, but also with flipped, updated personal inflections about it as well, right? Where it's, yeah, they what exactly is he trying to say by not only using this music, but flipping it? Like, it's foundational, but
2: also implying that we have to go beyond that. So I really enjoyed it. That's very insightful, Jerusalem. Tyler Childers himself, you know, he has a very expansive view of spirituality. And he's into the meditation teacher, Ram Das. He's into the legendary uh, writer and monk Thomas Merton. His idea of what spirituality is is not about dogma. And the original songs on this record really show that. I mean, his lyrics are all about, uh, you know, which is an angel band where he says, you know, I'm looking at people in heaven and it's people of every faith, it's people of every hue, every kind of person is here. In heaven, and I think what happens with these remixes, uh, and there's a guy, a DJ Brett Fuller, who goes by the name Charlie Brown Superstar, who's I think also an archivist, and he found these samples like the ones we heard from the Kentucky Center for Traditional Music Archives, which kind of tell the story of religion in the South. You know, he uses clips from the Andy Griffith Show and from Southern comics like Jerry Clower to remind us that that church is. Community it is spirituality, but it's also culture, and this is you know it's part of the big soup of Southern living. I guess is what I'd yeah, say. Yeah, the Andy Griffith clips were a
4: welcome favorite for me. I have very visceral memories of my father uh, watching reruns of the Andy Griffith <laughs> <laughs> show, and I
2: absorbing yeah. it.
4: I love it.
1: <laughs> the thing that I that I was drawn most to by this record, not just only its ambition and taking these eight songs turning them inside out three times is that the idea of gospel music is that uh, it's supposed to spread the good news. And so Tyler Childers has been very careful to say, like, this is not actually a gospel record. It's just influenced by my upbringing. I'd almost argue that it, it is a gospel record in that part of the point of gospel music is to sing through the pain to spread the good news. And I think that is what he is trying to do not only with the, the first record, but the, it's it's fun to hear how he transforms the good news and whatever his version of good news is through these three versions. And I, I think he's hitting on something that feels fresh and exciting about this music.
2: Oh, yes. I, I, I think of the metaphor of rehabbing an old house, you know. And going in there and maybe even doing like a gut renovation, going to the bones of this culture, of this music and saying, you know, we have to get rid of certain things. They're outdated. They're damaging. Like intolerance, you know, like like being very judgmental. And let's let's see what we can get from this music and this experience of pursuing spirituality in a certain way that brings us together, that uplifts us and even as he s- says in the title track, even rough rough living rogues <laughs> who want to bring their dogs to heaven so they can do some hunting on God's ground <laughs> deserve to be there. And that's kind of Tyler's Mission, you know, he did it on his previous record, Long Violent History, well, in which he learned to play really bluegrass music, playing the fiddle, and then included a, a song that was an impassioned plea to his fellow Southern white Southerners to recognize their own racism. And while that message isn't stated quite so succinctly on this record, the spirit of that is still there the spirit of, you know, we have to. Rehab, remake our traditions so that they can survive. Yeah, I feel like I could talk about this for a while, but we have so much <laughs> more music to feature. I but uh, Tyler
1: Childers, the album is called Can I Take My Hounds to Heaven. Up next, Micaiah McCraven is a drummer, a composer, a beat maker, and I've always been super impressed by how he weaves those worlds together. But his new album called In These Times really is next level. W.R.T.I.'s Nate Chinen
3: explains. This is Nate Chinen, editorial director at WRTI, and my best of September pick is Micaiah McRaven's In These Times. McRaven is a drummer, producer, and composer who's devised a really interesting way of putting music together. He convenes an ensemble of like-minded improvisers. They create music spontaneously in the moment. And then he uses post-production techniques to sample from himself creating a new fabric out of that music and building in layers. But you don't need to know anything about this process to appreciate what he's doing here. This music is luxurious. It calls back to 70s soul and uh, all kinds of syntheses between jazz and R&B. And it has all of these rhythmic complexities that you feel without having to think about them. This is music for our moment. Uh, even as it acknowledges a rich and glorious history. And Micaiah McRaven is making it happen in real time.
1: to track 7th String. Nate Chinette has a beautiful review of Micaiah McCraven's In These Times. You can find a link to read that in our show notes or on nprmusic.org. There was a ton of great music released in September, and we're going to get to some personal picks from our panel in the lightning round later on. But I just wanted to mention some major titles that feel like year-end contenders. The New Zealand indie rock band The Bets released its third album, Expert in a Dying Field. Quinn Kristofferson, winner of the Tiny Desk Contest a few years ago, put out his debut album, Writes Your Name in Pink. Langer a While is the second album in two years by jazz singer Samara Joy. Country singer-songwriter Charlie Crockett released his second album of 2022. It's called The Man from Waco. Freddie Gibbs, the underground rapper's rapper, released his major label debut. It's cheekily titled Soul Sold Separately. Beth Orton's Weather Alive is a Bleary Eyed Wonder, and I'm so in love with that record. Uh, There's a great interview with Beth Orton on World Cafe that you should check out. If you need something fast and loud, the hardcore punk band Off is back with free LSD. Which is just as psychedelic as the title implies. Let's get back to our picks. Uh, here is the track Selfish Soul from Sudan Archive's second album, Natural Brown Prom Queen. You know, listening to Makaya McCraven and Sudan Archives back-to-back, I I like how they're almost in musical conversation with each other. Two Black artists who not only make music without genre, but music that reflects their whole being. Jerusalem, tell me why you love this album.
4: Uh, uh, I love this album, one, as a return after five long years from Sudan, Uh, And I also love that it's a departure from the more violin-heavy, maybe more academic first album that she released, and she's commented on herself. And this feels, as she said it, silly. Uh, And I think in that silliness, really vulnerable. Like this song, Selfish Soul, I particularly love just for the whimsicalness of it, but what she's actually saying when you listen to the lyrics is a very common struggle for a lot of Black women, right? It almost feels selfish sometimes to do something to your own individual hair because of how your job might see it, your family might see it, your partner might see it, right? Later in the song, she's singing to some guy that's okay with their hair now, but don't be surprised when it's not there tomorrow, right? So I think that in giving herself the freedom to be silly, she tries new things with the violin, she tries different electronic experimental sounds, and plays with her voice a lot and also is really transparent and introspective in her lyrics, but in a really inviting and dancey way on this record. And I really, really love it.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I first heard this record, first time I put it on, had my headphones on walking around the neighborhood, I was like, this is maybe the record of the year. It definitely is one of the records of the year. The leap is incredible. You know, she's still one of the most innovative, fascinatingly complex songwriters working out there, but... As you're saying, Jerusalem, she just like has accessed parts of herself or uh, is allowing us to access parts of herself that she hasn't shared before. And it's not only silly, it's also very sexy and erotic. And she goes there and she goes there so beautifully. And the the fluidity of her sexuality and sensuality on this album is perfectly matched by the fluidity and complexity of the music. Yeah, I agree.
1: There are times when I almost forgot that Sudan Archives was a great violinist <laughs> because the the violin is not at the forefront anymore in this record and that was, you know, obviously the appeal of her EPs and her debut it was like, oh, she's doing really like using pop structures and uh, it's it's in, but it's very violin focused, but this one is just like, no, I just need to get myself into this music, I, sh- I don't want the violin to be the thing that people are cluing into, it's like I want my whole self in this music and you hear that and like I was thinking of uh, one of my favorite tracks is called Chevy S10 <laughs>
5: confused how she's so confused how everything turns into gold and she didn't ask for so why throw on the towel she wants the bend stuck up so no one can stop her now cause rich girls don't know what they ask for don't know what they here for don't know why they judge for don't know why they hate her but they don't want with the hello low only call you when they feeling low only judging cause they time is slow only hitting cause you icy as snow we know girls will do anything, anything, as long as it seems all around. Better than minimum wage, they just want to get away. I hit them all speed down. I told them I'm up right now. Can you come swoop me?
1: And it, it starts out one way. You think you understand how the music is going to go. And then she just kind of flips it into this like real fun trap beat. <laughs> But it's it's not one of those things where it feels bifurcated. That can be fun sometimes. You can you can hundred-gex anything you want, but there's something to be said about a songwriting and production where you get so lost in the music that you don't even notice that it changes. That's the that's the thing that's thrilling about this record for me.
4: Oh, uh, just that I second that so much, Lars. In each song, um, like you were saying earlier, and if you're going on a walk, you're taking a shower, if you're cooking dinner you can listen to this whole thing through for a little short of an hour and
2: be completely lost in it by the time you get to the end. There's a song on this album called Gorgeous and Arrogant, <laughs> and I think that pretty much sums up how the album sounds, how it hits me. It's both of those things, but in, in a beautiful, beautiful way. Even that track Chevy S.E.T. 10 that you mentioned, Lars, the lyrics to it mirror this, the changes you're talking about. And She's talking about a guy, she's talking about... Oh, woman she desires she's talking about a car. <laughs> it's all part of that jumble of desire and isn't that how we feel so often? Gorgeous, arrogant, confused, taking it all in.
1: The album is Natural Brown Prom Queen, the artist is Sudan Archives. Up next, Alex G is someone over whom some folks tend to obsess, like his fans will offer you personalized playlists of their favorite Alex G songs in order to convert you. I know because this has happened to me a few times. I asked Hazel Sills to explain why his latest album called God Save the Animals distills his eccentricity.
6: I'm Hazel Sills and I'm an editor at NPR Music. My pick for best music of September is the new album from Alex G titled God Save the Animals. Alex G is a sort of prolific indie singer-songwriter from Philadelphia who makes very hard to pin down rock music. He's always manipulating and warping his vocals into very childlike voices. He's constantly inhabiting and writing from the perspective of different characters. And he kind of zooms between classic country and punk and very twee indie rock, But on this new album, he really distills all of his production quirks into this beautiful record about faith and what it means to be a good person. A lot of this album is about feeling judged and trying to make the right choices. And he sort of bottles the sound of that insecurity in the music itself, moving between darkness and lightness, very sweet acoustic rock and noise, to capture what it feels like to be in the middle of that sort of transformation. It's a very professional-sounding focus record, one that feels like new territory for him. It's not just one of my favorites of September, I think it's one of my favorites of the year. ¶¶
1: That's the track Miracles by Alex G. You can read Hazel's review of God Save the Animals at the link in our show notes or on npr.org slash music. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more of the best music released in September. And you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu with Black Twitter, A People's History from Onyx Collective and Hulu.
5: In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.
1: Welcome back. It's the best music of the month podcast from All Songs Considered. I'm Lars Gottrich. I'm joined by Ann Powers and Jerusalem Truth, and we do have one more album to feature, but let's take a moment to mention some other music released in September that we'll come back to all year.
2: Ann, let's start with you. My pick for the lightning round is Microcosmos by the Nashville singer-songwriter Lou Turner, whose actual name is Lauren Turner. She's a musician, poet, and librarian here in Nashville. I've been following her for a while. I loved her 2020 release, which was called Songs for John Venn. This one is even more assured. She's just a great writer, and the palette for this album, more Laurel Canyon singer-songwriter than her earlier stuff. But it has an edge that disrupts the familiar tropes of that style. So, you know, it just works beautifully for her songwriting sensibility. She was inspired in part by Joni Mitchell's album, Hijiro She's thinking about traveling, but as her Bandcamp page says, uh, she asks, what does it mean to be a traveler in a fixed place, an adventure in domestic space? And I love that idea. I love how the song we're going to hear, I Got the O's, all starts with her looking at a sign at a gas station that reads Valero and the O in that sign and she's thinking about all the things O, the letter O can signify. Emptiness, wonder stillness, self containment and as for herself she's reaching for these states but as she sings I've got the O nose too. I just love the word play and the musical play on this album Microcosmos by Lou Turner Like the
5: bird's nest in the Valero. I've been making my home in the old.
1: what you've been listening to?
4: I have not been able to stop listening to Sir's new single, Nothing Even Matters, ahead of his album Heavy, coming in hopefully the next couple of weeks. Um, He, aside from sampling Send It On by D'Angelo, has managed to re-enter my psyche um, in a way that I've really missed. He's talked a lot about this album being... uh, very honest and vulnerable he's become a dad he's in a great place with his wife which all sound like the antithesis to a great album but this is r&b and he says that he wants to bring honesty back to r&b and i absolutely think he's doing that and this is an amazing single and i can't wait to hear the rest of the record
5: With your perfect imperfections, break it down at your discretion if it's under my protection. You're complexion, I will die for your affection. You keep giving me direction, baby. This is my confession. So the
1: uh there is a great a heavy metal demo that came out in 2018 by a band called Sonja, S-O-N-J-A, that just, like, goosebumps up and down my arm, and I've been waiting for a follow-up to that demo ever since, and it's finally here. The album is called Loud Arriver. It's glammy, it's gothy, it's gloomy, and the band is fronted by Melissa Moore, who uh, a number of years ago was in a black metal band called Absu, and uh, she says that she was kicked out because she came out as trans, which made the metal scene angry. and then she comes back with that demo and just shows her songwriting ability just it just that like, completely blows everyone out of the water. She has such a uh, beautiful wave with both her vocal melodies and with her guitar playing that's not showy but is very melodic and self-contained and all these songs have like a late night and lusty urgency that's like a lot of fun and dirty and filthy in a way that like if Rat uh, was like a goth rock band like that's (laughs) that's what this feels like so the track Nylon Nights was on that original demo it's been re-recorded this is Nylon Nights it is excellent Our last pick for the best music of September is from our Icelandic queen Björk. This is the track Fungal City from her 10th album Fasora. Falls for sure, her, uh, her Mushroom album, which is a very uh, Bjorkian thing to, 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 to say. It's earthy for sure, but earthy in a way that's spontaneous, strange, and psychedelic. Uh, has collaborations with Serpent with Feet, a uh, six-piece bass clarinet ensemble, which uh, I read uh, the reason she wanted bass clarinet, because she wanted a public enemy punch, to her songs, which is, <laughs> you know, so when you arc. think of Public Enemy, you think of Bass Clarinet. Um, <laughs> and also collaborations with uh, Gabber Modus Operandi, which is a, um, a a techno duo based out of Indonesia. And this is my pick for, for the best of the month. And I, I had so many albums that I wanted to talk about this month. But the more I listened to, for sure, the more that I was for sure that this was my favorite album of the month. Um, sorry about that. I read in The Guardian recently, the person did a profile on Bjork and he compared the trajectory of her voice to Scott Walker, which I thought was interesting. They don't have the same career trajectory. He was a pop crooner, became an avant-garde composer, but the trajectory of the way they use the voice is actually not that dissimilar when I think about it. His music and his voice held a mirror to the absurdity and darkness of humanity and his compositions did much the same. And especially in the last, I would say, 10 or 15 years, especially after Medulla, Bjork's melodies have become much more daring and even more dangerous and at times inscrutable. But the thing that she is often doing with her voice and with the way that she arranges for her music is not show a mirror, but a glass Mm -hmm. for for us to look at her and for her to look at us at the same time. And I feel like that's especially the case on Fushora because it is an album that there are love songs and there are songs about her mother who died a few years back and there are songs with both of her children. But the thing that the album is doing is showing this kind of like mycelial empathy (laughs) where there are roots and they are loosely connected. And she is the one who's trying to connect them, but she doesn't want to tie anything down.
2: I think that's well said, Lars. I read that Guardian piece too, and what struck me, the, the line that jumped out, was when she was talking to uh, those two Indonesian uh, gabber musicians she collaborated with, she said, you know, I feel really grounded. I've been in the ground with the moles. <laughs> and I thought, that... Is Björk, like, she's always thinking about how we as humans are connected to, you know, to other creatures, to spirits, to, you know, within our own psyches, just to, to aspects of our own psyches that we can't articulate. And I hear that really strongly on this record. I mean, it is very personal, but in the most interconnected way that blows up the idea of the personal.
1: That's sure by Björk. And that's the best music released in September 2022. Thanks to Ann Powers, Jerusalem Truth, Nate Chenin, and Hazel Sales. It's always good to talk music with y'all. Ron Scalso will this episode and Bob Boyen cut this episode. You can find the songs and albums we played in the show description or on npr.org slash all songs. For NPR music and all songs considered, I'm Lars Gottrich. Thanks for listening, y'all.